0: What's going on, everybody? I know I, you guys probably listened to my podcast I released yesterday, today, uh, but I'm coming out with another one, back-to-back podcast once again. I am Cole Hate, the host of the best sports talk podcast, the All In Man Cave Podcast. I, it's obviously not the best, but what, what does it matter if I, if I don't pump it up a little bit? Uh, so we are. This is the preview show. Uh, we're gonna go through all the games against the spread. Uh, my picks via against the spread and or over-unders uh, for all of you fans out there dealing with a lot of COVID issues, uh, the Washington football team, the Rams, uh, the Browns, a lot of those games right before I clicked record for this podcast, my phone has been blowing up for the past 12 minutes, 12 to 15 minutes. The Saturday night game this week, the Raiders and the Browns has been rescheduled to Monday night. Uh, they yanked it from DraftKings, as well as the Rams against the Seahawks game, who are dealing with a lot of COVID issues, as well as the Washington football team and the Eagles. So those three games I will not make picks on. The more than ten players COVID, don't know if they're going to play or not. Uh, the opportunity, the the last two games, the latter two that I went over, uh, the Rams and the seattle game as well as the washington football team and the eagles games both of those are probably going to be rescheduled for this coming tuesday Uh, so we're dealing with the similar situation that we dealt with in 2020 last season where games were being rescheduled games were being played we were told as fans by the nfl that this was not going to happen but now COVID has put a huge wrench into their into their pockets uh, and they don't want to lose any of the money out of their pockets so Basically, what's going to happen is these games are going to end up getting rescheduled. I don't know who's going to play. I don't know who's not going to play. I'm recording the podcast today. So for your guys' money that you may or may not be betting on my picks, I will not pick the the Raiders-Browns game. I will not put picks out for the Rams-Seattle game. And I will not put picks out for the Washington Football Eagles game. But I will give you picks on all the rest of the teams. I just don't feel comfortable. Giving you guys picks and not knowing who's going to play in these football games because it's a lot of players. Uh, more than 10 players for both of those teams. The Browns probably hit the hardest, then the Rams, uh, followed by the, the Washington football team. So. Uh, I'm not. I don't feel comfortable making picks. I don't feel comfortable throwing that out there for you guys to to bet, and then those players either play or don't play, completely blowing my pick out of the water. So I will not make picks on those games. Uh, but we will make picks on the rest. So let's start right now uh, with the Patriots at the Colts, the remaining Saturday night football game, uh, which is cool if you're a football fan. Saturday games are good. We're going to have games on Christmas, which is next Saturday already. Damn, time flies. Uh, Christmas is in a week, people. In a week, uh, it's crazy how fast it comes up. Especially the older you get, the faster time seems to go. But we're going to start with the Patriots at the Colts. Let's see what Carson Wentz is worth in this game. Uh, the, the the Bill Belichick is a mastermind in terms of shutting down your number one option, which clearly their number one option. And the reason why they've been able to go on a decent run uh, since starting, I think, one and five uh, they've gone on a decent run. They're 7-6, and six, I believe. So, uh, th- listen, the Colts are a good team. They play well defensively, but Jonathan Taylor's been their number one number one guy. Uh, he's the Derrick Henry uh, of the Indianapolis Colts. He's taken a lot of carries. He's averaging 5.6 yards a carry. He has 16 touchdowns already. Uh, he's putting up a decent season, and he's leading the league in rushing by a lot. Dalvin Cook has missed multiple games and has had a few stinkers this year, uh, but he still had a Dalvin by almost 400 yards. So it's 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 kind of insane how well Jonathan Taylor's been playing. A lot of people poo-pooed him in fantasy drafts this year, and he dropped farther than people would have expected. But let's see what what Bill Belichick does. He's going to try and take away Jonathan Taylor. Carson Wentz is going to have to prove himself in this game. And on the flip side, the the Patriots are going to try and run the ball, but I think Indianapolis is going to be able to stop them. So we might actually see Mac Jones, their rookie quarterback, who is a clear as day going to probably win. Going to probably, I love that the hypocritical statement. He is going to win rookie of the offensive rookie of the year. Uh, they they tend to give it to quarterbacks anyway, as is for most awards in the NFL uh, and in college. Honestly, uh, the yeah. Heisman typically goes to a quarterback. Man of the Year typically goes to a quarterback. So it's uh, quarterbacks are, are are valued very highly when when awards are given out, but. We're going to have to see what comes. I think the this game is going to be determined by which quarterback will play better. Uh, it's going to be a close game. The Indianapolis Colts defense is extremely underrated. They've been playing well, especially the last two months. Uh, not basically in the first month, but they kind of found their groove and started getting it going. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Patriots plus 2.5. This game's too close to give away those points. I don't know. Uh, now 2.5 is a weird number because field goals at the end of games can change it, but... Uh, Listen, I love the way the Patriots have looked. I think Mac Jones is a very good game manager. I think that he has the opportunity in some of these games to learn from some of the mistakes he makes, whether it be uh, errant throws, whether it be the wrong check at the line of scrimmage. He's gaining a lot of football knowledge, and he's a smart kid. Uh, Mac Jones is a smart kid and he's gaining a lot of football knowledge from probably the best coach of all time. Uh, so I like the Patriots plus the points here as well as the under of 45 and a half. Now, that I like a lot more than picking a winner. I think the defenses show up and the offenses struggle at least in the first half, and it's not going to get up into a high 20s type game. I don't see, I see a 20 to 17, maybe a, a 23 to 20 game, uh, but that gets clearly the under of 45 and a half. Next game on the docket, the Cowboys are at the Giants. Uh, I've talked in exhaustion about Dak Prescott and his performance the last few weeks. Something just doesn't look right. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. I wish I was in that locker room. That would be an awesome job to just walk around and see what the locker rooms look like in the NFL. Uh, it'd be, it would give you a lot of answers you can't really get from either the media uh, or any other type of source that works for or kind of like the media. But Dak just doesn't. The offense is off, and and Tony Pollard's dinged up. The two headed monster's been split. Ezekiel Elliott's been dinged up, uh, and their receiving core's been dinged up at different times. Now, I, I think I, I think it's an even split. I think the wide receivers are are underperforming just a tad. Dak's underperforming just a tad. Plus, the injuries kind of gets you what the Cowboys' offense has looked like the last month, month and a half since Dak returned. But. I don't know. These NFC East games go really really weird. Uh and you that's proven based on the Eagles Giants game where I took an over where there's only 20 points scored in the football game. So it's really weird and, and the divisional games typically go under. It's it's probably in the in the 80% range. Uh, because the teams know each other the defenses kind of know what's going on there's obviously going to be a few plays depending on whose offense it is what what kind of big hit plays they can they can create but typically divisional games go under and and I'm going the opposite but but the Giants need to figure out before we get to the pick the Giants need to figure out who's going to step up somebody's got to do it whether it be the quarterback whoever that may be uh, Saquon Barkley Uh, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, uh, any of the players that they got that have been carrying that defense. Somebody's got to step in and step up. Step in and step up and get your team to get victories. These divisional games, whether you're in the playoff hunt or not, are extremely important to to teams. And the Giants just need to figure out who that person is that's going to step up. It could be a coach. It could be a a ball. Who cares? So somebody needs to step up, step in and step up. That's the thing. So the the pick is in. I, I I hate picking NFC East games, but I I listen. 11's a lot. So I'm going to take the Giants plus eleven in what I think is going to be a way tighter game, uh, similar maybe to the type of game that they played last week, the Cowboys. I mean, against the Washington football team. I think I see another game like that, and if I see it like that, I got to take the Giants plus the points. Uh, but I like the over. I think there's a potential for this game, the, the this te- these two teams, I should say, uh, pardon my stuttering issue. The I, I feel like these two teams are going to be trading scores back and forth. There's going to be some momentum shifts, uh, but I don't think it ever gets to double digits, which is why I I really love the plus eleven, and I think it's going to be slightly over, maybe a 20, 27 to twenty game similar to last week uh, for the Cowboys. So I, that's why I got to take the over. Next game on the docket, the Cardinals are at the Lions. Uh, What does the the Cardinals' offense look like without DeAndre Hopkins and possibly James Conner? Those are two big, huge, key pieces of your offense. And what does that offense now look like? Chase Edmonds should be able to step in. Can he take all of the touches from James Conner? Probably not. I don't know what they look like in terms of an RB3 on that depth chart. I probably should have looked that up. But Chase Edmonds cannot carry the ball 25 times a game or get 25 touches, including 20 rushes, maybe five targets through the air. That's not Chase Edmonds. And that's not Jarek McKinnon, who's my, basically my biggest comp for him. He, he's a Jarek McKinnon. He loves the outside runs. He loves getting to the edge. And he loves catching the ball out of the backfield. So let's see what happens with that. How long can the Lions fight? that They've been fighting all season. And they're probably the worst team that has buy-in for the head coach and for the organization. But you can only fight so long. You can't continue this, this week in and week out losses, and, and and they just basically don't affect you. I think it's going to start getting to the lines. They're going to start thinking, listen, maybe we pack it in. Uh, and even just the thought of that is going to make their performance come down. They were up against an invisible fighter last week in Denver with the passing of Demarius Thomas and those players basically playing that game for him. So they they walked into a disaster there, and they probably knew it. Uh, based on the motivation for the Denver Broncos to come out and play, but here's here's what I really wanna here's what I really wanna talk about: Is the Cardinals basically avenging their loss last week? Now, avenging a loss to the Rams is not beating the Lions. Uh, I'm not equating that, but it'd be good for them to come out. They're dinged up. They've had injuries on the defensive side of the football. They've had injuries on the offensive side of the football. Kyler comes out, gets this thing done damn it and comes out with a win which is going to be very important for them moving forward based on the seeding at the top end of the afc or sorry of the nfc for the playoffs now vying for that number one seed is going to be rough but the difference between two and three could be could be a huge deal depending on who you end up playing in the first round so let's see what happens the pick is in i like the cardinals minus 12 and a half i know it's a lot of points delay but the, but the Lions have have struggled against good teams. They've been in it against okay teams. But against good teams, they seem to struggle and struggle a lot. Uh, their offense is nowhere close to consistent. Their defense is nowhere close to consistent. Uh, and I like Kyler's motivation to prove that he's the leader of that football team, which is why I love the Cardinals and the over. Uh, because the Cardinals are one of the best teams at letting teams get garbage, to- garbage time points. Uh, and the Lions are very good at scoring garbage time points, so I love that combo. Next on the list, the Jets are at the Dolphins. Uh, the Jets' locker room is a bit testy, and and I heard this via the NFL waves uh, of Twitter, but it seems like the locker room of the New York Jets is split between vets and, and really young players, which typically is not a big deal if it's leaning one way or the other. If you have a lot of young guys and a few Vets, it seems to work out, and vice versa. But when your locker room is split 50-50, there's leaders of both ages trying to get, and it seems like with Keelan Cole and Jamison Crowder and Corey Davis and some of those type players, uh, compared to Michael Carter Jr., compared to Elijah Moore, compared to some of those younger defensive players that they just drafted and are starting this year uh, in their first year, it's a lot. It's very split down the middle, and it's very hard to buy into one thing in a locker room uh, when you have a split like that. And I see that being a bigger effect on that football team than a lot of people would think. Uh, but let's let's switch let's switch sides here, and let's talk about the Dolphins. They've looked good the last month and a half. Tua Tonga vailoa has played a very good, consistent type quarterback play that he's good at. That's what Tua is going to be good at for the rest of his career in the NFL, whether he be a starter or a backup. He's going to be consistent. He's going to be relatively accurate, and his completion percentage is going to be high. And you can't expect much more uh, with a team led by Brian Flores, who it, their team is led by their defense. Their offense does, scores them enough points to win, and their defense just has to stop the opponent. So that that's basically it. And I see this probably the lowest scoring game of the day. That being, I don't see the Miami Dolphins going off, and I don't see the Jets scoring much of anything against the Dolphins. Uh, So the pick is in. I'm going with the Dolphins minus nine and a half. I think they cover double digits. I think it's probably like a 27 to 10 game, uh, somewhere near there, maybe even a little less, 23 to 10. Um, But uh, I love the under as well, 41. I don't. I think it doesn't touch 35. It may. It may. But I still. It may. It may touch 35. But I still love the under of 41. Next on the list, the Titans are at the Steelers. Uh, What does Ben Roethlisberger have left? Let's see it. Let's see it in this football game. This line started with the Steelers being plus points and the Titans being minus. It's now moved a lot in the last few days. Please, everybody out there. These picks are made at 4 p.m. on a Friday afternoon slash evening. Uh, these picks will move. These these numbers will move, and they typically move hourly, uh, if not hourly, maybe a few, maybe a few times a day. Uh, but they still do move, so keep that in mind when I'm making these picks. And if it starts to sway one type of way or the other, that's Vegas controlling it. So it may be that they're seeing something, or there is an injury, or somebody's going to sit out, or something to that magnitude. So please keep an eye on that. Uh, but listen, the Steelers minus one, I'm taking them. I'm taking the Steelers minus one. The the Titans playmaker, somebody's got to step up, and it's been a struggle for them to find that person without Derrick Henry in the lineup. Uh, and I think Najee Harris has a great game uh, against that defense, even though the defense has played well. Now skepticism on their opponents in the last few weeks, uh, but the defense has played well nonetheless. They don't control the schedule. Uh, so let's see it, Big Ben. Let's see what you got. Let's see what the offenses has. Uh, I'm going with the Steelers minus one in this game. Uh, it, it's basically a pick 'em. So if you get better odds for taking money line, just take it. Uh, because uh, honestly, what are the chances that you you push? Uh, it's probably not. It's not very high. Uh, so if you don't want to push, and and you want to just take the, take them. Uh, take a money line, that's fine. I I completely get that. It's probably not that big a difference for odds. Uh, but I love the over of 43 and a half. I think the defenses in this game are overhyped. I think that they're going to find holes. The Steelers' defense, there are clearly holes. And I think the Tennessee Titans are due for a stinker on defense, to be quite honest with you. And that's just premonition for me and what I think I'm seeing and taking a chance. Uh, but that's the chance I'm willing to take. Next on the list, the Panthers are at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Carolina is crumbling now uh, it's not basically at the fault of the playmakers yet they're the ones who are not productive at all DJ Moore nothing to speak of Uh, Robbie Anderson nothing to speak of Uh, they don't have much uh, from their wide receiver three slash four position uh, McCaffrey's been hurt all year. Chuba Hubbard's been dinged up. The quarterback play's been bad. They're, they're, the quarterback play is basically the reason why those Panthers' offense is terrible. Uh, and I'm, I'm just being quite, that's as honest as I can get. Their offense has been sputtering. And with every type of quarterback that they can throw out there. So unless they go out and grab somebody and unload some of these quarterbacks, I, it's going to be a little bit of the same. Cam can't throw the ball down the field, but he can run. P.J. Walker sometimes can throw the ball down the field, but other than that, he's terrible. Sam Darnold looked awful, was dinged up, thought he was going to come back, and then never did because he's actually really dinged up. So it, it it's it, it's a really hard, hard thing, but I think that all of the backlash that's going against the Panthers right now, I, I think that they come out in this game and they fight against the Bills who have struggled in the in the last few weeks. Panthers' pass rush is not bad. They have a lot of young, good-performing pass rushers on that defensive line, and Josh Allen's been running for his life the last few weeks. So uh, the pick is in. I'm going with the Panthers plus 12. 12 is a lot and the Bills have proven they can't cover, uh, and they haven't been winning football games. So uh, I love the Panthers here in this spot at plus 12, as well as the over of 44.5. The Bills are pro- have proven that against worse teams, they can score points, uh, but I think the Panthers' offense is going to show up. So I think they definitely cover the over of 44.5 for sure. Next on the list, the Texans are at the Jaguars. This game is going to be a shit show. Pardon my French, but an absolute shit show. Now, the one thing we need to look at is what do the Jags do after Urban Meyer leaves? Uh, I think that's motivation. It sounds like motivation. There was a lot of hostility within that locker room, within that organization, within that building. There was a lot of it. And and we're going to learn a lot about the Jacksonville Jaguars in this football game uh, because of how— we didn't know about any of this garbage going on with Urban Meyer. And I'm not going to go into Urban Meyer again. I went off in my What Really Grinds My Gear segment from the podcast I released yesterday, which if you didn't listen, please listen to. Uh, but but that's a joke. All the stuff that happened with him, joke. It's, it's, it's almost hysterical how stupid and ridiculous that situation was. Uh, but now these players need to... Start playing for themselves, even though all the BS that happened and what they've gone through this season. Let's see Let's see what they're worth. Come on, James Robinson. Carry that rock. Let's go, Trevor Lawrence. Throw the ball down the field accurately. Come on, offensive line. Come on, defense. Let's play at least half decent in this football game. And I think they're going to be highly motivated. Now, on the other side of the football, I don't have much to say about the Texans at all. Uh, But I did mention it in the fantasy football likes and dislikes. Uh, Brandon Cooks is a must start in this football game. Now, I don't care who the quarterback is for the Texans. It could be anyone. Uh, But Brandon Cooks is going to get a lot of targets. And the Jacksonville defense is not very good. So I think Brandon Cooks is going to definitely help some of you guys out there Uh, that may need help in fantasy. Uh, He's definitely going to put up a good week. So the pick is in. Uh, This line has moved a lot, but I'm going to stick with it. Started at 3.5, but now it's at 5. So I'm going to take the Jaguars minus 5. I think they win by, by double digits in this game. I think they stick it to Urban Meyer, come out, get a victory without him on the sideline, and prove that the players on this team that he has had, that he was treating like shit are actually decent players and, and that can play cohesively in a football game, especially against a piss poor Texans team. And I'm going with the over of 39 and a half. That is an extremely low number for a, two teams with terrible defenses. I don't think the defenses just all of a sudden figure it out quicker than I think the offenses figure it out. So that's why I'm going with the over of 39 and a half. Next on the list, the Bengals are at the Broncos. Uh, There's two things we need to look at in this football game, and the Broncos aren't going to scare anybody through the air. Uh, So here's here's basically the matchup. It's Joe Burrow versus the Denver secondary, and it's the Denver running backs versus the Cincinnati defense, defensive line specifically. That is going to basically tell you how this game goes. Joe Joe Burrow with the dinged-up pinky. he, He threw for a lot of yards last week, even in a losing effort against the 49ers. Uh, but the Denver secondary is real. They are good. Patrick Sertan, a good player. They have a lot of depth at safety and at corner. Uh, that's played pretty well this season. Probably a top 10 secondary if I had to gauge it right now through week 14 going into week 15 of this season. Uh, but... I don't know. The Denver running back duo is really good. Javante Williams has played well in his first season out of North Carolina. And Melvin Gordon looks like the Melvin Gordon of old. Now, he's not getting the the high flashy statistics for when he had a large amount of dreadlocks. But he's he's doing his part. And they're splitting carries and they're doing it effectively. And kudos to the offensive line for the Denver Broncos being able to run the ball that effectively. Uh, But the last thing we're going to talk about in this game is that I made a bet, and I'm not sure if I told you guys about this bet that I made uh, before the season started, but it was a DraftKings special um uh, i put 25 bucks on it so and it was two to one odds. so 25 wins me 50 but i thought it was a lock until i saw the Bengals start playing it's every team that finished in last last year i bet that they would not finish in first and the only team that's anywhere near it is the cincinnati Bengals. so they have the opportunity to to blow my bet up uh, and that's a lot of capital to put out if you're if you're not that rich to be quite honest with you so um I, I hope the Bengals do well this year, but do not win the division is where I'm at. Uh, however, the pick is in. I'm going with the Bengals plus two and a half. I, I don't trust the Broncos week in and week out, and I trust the Bengals more. And I shouldn't based on some inconsistent play at the wide receiver position, some some dinged up. Uh, defensive players, as well as defensive inconsistency. Uh, but I trust the Bengals more than I trust the Broncos. And and it's just a buy a little, uh, but I'll take the plus points all day, uh, even if it's close. So I'll take the Bengals plus two and a half and the over of 44 and a half. There's a potential of this game opening up and opening up wide. Uh, and big plays down the field may determine the outcome. So definitely the over of 44 and a half. Next on the docket, the Falcons are at the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers control their own destiny in the NFC wildcard race. Now, I don't think they have the ability to run the table and challenge the Cardinals. Cardinals are probably a lock, uh, and the Rams are ahead of them by two-plus games anyway. Uh, and they have to play some some divisional games coming down the home stretch. So, uh, listen, they're ahead by one game. They've got tiebreakers over some teams that are chasing them, a.k.a. the Vikings, Aka the Eagles, they have some they have uh, some tiebreakers, so they just need to cruise into the playoffs. Kind of set, uh, they need to go two and two at least for sure. Uh, the potential for the Eagles and the Vikings to go three and one is not impossible, uh, and that's coming from a somewhat pessimistic Vikings fan this year. I would consider myself so far uh, probably a little more pessimistic than normal. Uh, But three and one is a hard task considering every game is a nail biter and the Eagles offense is inconsistent. So back to the game. I have multiple questions for both teams. Um, Number one, Matt Ryan, are you going to figure it out now these teams play these games? um, They've played the past few years. And and listen, uh, these games are quite close. And often close. And this is a big spread. So, I, I, listen, I hate big spreads when games are typically close, which is why divisional games and and typically games like that, I take the plus points unless the teams are complete opposites, which has even broke me with the Lions beating the Vikings this year. Uh, but who on the 49ers is covering Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson? Uh, because their secondary is horrible. And if Kyle Pitts lines up at the traditional tight end position, he's going to have a safety or a linebacker on him. There's not going to be corners traveling in the middle of the field to try and cover a tight end. It's not going to happen. So do they have the opportunity to then run with Cordero Patterson with the threat of Pitts? They do that does open up. Uh, This line is huge, and I don't, I don't feel comfortable with it. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Falcons plus nine here. Nine is a lot to lay uh, for an offense that shows up every other week. Now last week they looked pretty decent against Carolina, so I might get burned if they have a stinker this week. Uh, But the 49ers don't impress me, and I don't think they're going to blow them out, especially by double digits. So I got to go with the Falcons plus nine. I am going to go, however, with the under of 46. Listen, I love Debo Samuel, uh, and I love George Kittle, but they've overperformed the last two weeks. Uh, Debo's been dinged up, still scoring a crap ton of touchdowns. George Kittle has had probably 20 targets each game for the past three games. Uh, so I think that regresses a bit, even with the subparness of, of the atlanta defense Uh, but i see it being under here maybe a 23 to 21 max Uh, i i don't see that and with a big spread like that in a low scoring game gotta take the plus the points with the falcons next on the list the packers are at the ravens this game is really hard to pick and i almost included it in the group of covid games uh, because of how weird this is gonna go uh, depending on if or if not lamar jackson plays now, I, either or, it, it doesn't really help, which is why I'm willing to make a pick either way. If Lamar Jackson plays in this football game, he's going to be nowhere near 100%. And if Lamar Jackson doesn't play, their offense is going to be nowhere near 100%. Uh, so maybe, maybe I have an opportunity to capture something here uh, and maybe make a pick. So that's why I decided to keep it in. Uh, but we're still talking about Aaron Rodgers' toe. He's listed as questionable on every fantasy football platform. Uh, he says it hurts. He said now they have to think about surgery and whether that's an option or not, even though he said it wasn't. It's crazy. And somebody like me who owns Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in fantasy, I am shitting bricks uh, for the playoffs if Aaron Rodgers decides to have this surgery. So I don't know what the hell is going to happen, but what does the... Uh, we talked about a little before, but uh, let's go into it a little bit again. Uh, what does is, what is the offense for the Ravens look like without Lamar Jackson? I, I honestly don't know. Uh, there's a few people that are completely high on Devontae Freeman this week. I don't know why with the Green Bay Packers and how good they are on defense, uh, but I, Tyler Huntley's not beating you down the field, and that's just based on what I've seen. Uh, I wouldn't trust Jimmy Gar- Garoppolo throwing the ball deep down the field on a regular basis. I wouldn't trust Kirk Cousins, even though he's a pretty decent deep ball thrower, uh, but I definitely won't. wouldn't trust Tyler Huntley especially in a big game like this, and it's going to be outside, it's going to be cold, it's it's going to be rough if they can't run the football, and it doesn't look like they can. Um, so the Packers are probably going to roll in this game. The pick is in. I'm going with the Packers minus 6.5. That line has moved multiple times. I think it opened at 5. It's now at 6.5, and, and it looks like, based on what I've just gotten to my phone, it just changed to seven. Uh, so DraftKings right now, seven points. So I'll still take the, the Packers minus seven, uh, because Lamar hurt or no Lamar is enough for me to take the Packers to win by more than a touchdown. Oh, I've almost forgot. Love the under of 43 and a half as well. The offense for the Ravens is not going to be able to get it going. Uh, I think that the, 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 Packers are going to put up points, but the Ravens aren't going to put up many, uh, which is why I love the under of 43 and a half. Next on the list, the Saints are at the Buccaneers. Uh, Could you imagine if Tom Brady, in this great MVP season he's having, loses to Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill uh, against the Saints in one season? That's crazy to think about. Uh, Trevor Simeon lit him up. They lost in their first meeting. Uh, That was the game that Jameis Winston tore his ACL in early in the first quarter. Uh, So Trevor Simeon doesn't technically get the start and the win, but he led the team to a victory, so it counts just as much. Uh, But Ronald Jones, we talked about Ronald Jones uh, in the the previous podcast uh, for an impact in fantasy. Leonard Fournette's dinged up. Uh, He's going to take less touches, which means those touches need to go somewhere. Uh, And Tampa Bay is good about keeping people honest in football games. They stick with the run even when it's not working just to keep the defense on its toes. So I think Ronald Jones has a decent game. And and honestly, the Saints defense has looked a little soft the last month. They've been giving up a lot, I mean, to everyone but the Jets, which is not very impressive. So I I don't know. There's only one way I see the Saints winning this football game outright. Uh, and that's with big hit plays from Alvin Kamara and Marquez Calloway. They've struggled to get anything going at the wide receiver position. Obviously, no Michael Thomas. Supposed to miss a month and a half and ends up missing the whole season with setbacks. As well as they've gotten rid of Kenny Stills. Uh, they waived him earlier last month. It, they just haven't been able to get much production from the wide receiver position. And they've been trying to carry games on the run, like with the run. I don't think the run's going to get it done. However, I think that Taysom Hill has enough trickery just to get them uh, to cover, at least. Uh, so the pick is in. I'm going with the Saints plus 11.5 here. 11.5, a, a lot to lay, especially to a team that beat this team outright, uh, not only, but a few months ago. Next, which is the last game we're going to cover. Uh, because we're not doing the COVID games. I, I Listen, I know I said it before, again and multiple times already. Not comfortable making those picks, so I cannot put them. I cannot put your money at stake, people. I cannot put your money at stake. Money is very valuable, and I'm not going to just let you guys throw away money on my stupid COVID-related picks uh, for the NFL. So the last game is the Vikings game. Vikings at the Bears, Monday Night Football, Kirk Cousins back-to-back primetime games. As you guys know, or if you don't remember, uh, the Vikings get come out last week Thursday night football out to a 29 nothing lead and possibly could have went to OT on the last play. So inconsistent play by the Vikings, inconsistent play by Kirk Cousins. He was 14 of 31 in that football game. Uh, but it, what is his performance going to look like in another primetime game? We, they were talking about Kirk Cousins not being able to win primetime games, uh, and now he may win two back-to-back. It very possible. Uh, the Bears have been depleted on defense. Their defenses look soft this year. Uh, the interior linemen and some of the linebackers are the, the basically the reason why teams have been able to score a decent amount of points, not only on the ground, but also in the air via the tight ends and slot receivers, to be quite honest with you. Um, but Kirk Cousins is going to have a lot on his shoulders. He knows Dalvin Cook's dinged up. Dalvin Cook with two torn labrums and a dislocated shoulder is not going to run the ball 27 times a game. I understand he acts like Superman, but that's not physically possible. Uh, so uh, Kirk's going to have to step up and he's going to have to do it in a, in cold weather, uh, because it looks like a breezy 34, which probably going to feel more like 20, uh, especially in Chicago, uh, Monday night football game under the big lights. It's Kirk cousins, people. We know he's inconsistent. We know who he is. Don't be surprised if he loses a football game. Uh, but on the flip side for the, for the Chicago bears, uh, Justin Fields dinged up his hands dinged up. Andy Dalton, pretty decent backup except for one game he threw four interceptions. To be quite honest with you, it doesn't really matter who they start at quarterback. Uh, The Vikings are going to be in a nail-biting game, and they're going to do it all season long. Uh, Their biggest win is against Seattle uh, by 13 points. Everything else is less than one score. Uh, so And all the losses are basically less than one score as well. Or they at least had the opportunity to tie at the end of the game. Uh, so there's no possible way I'm taking the Vi- I told you guys I'm never taking the Vikings minus points ever again. Uh, unless it's less than a field goal. Then I may consider it. Uh, but there's no way. There's no way I'm taking the Vikings with this spread. Uh, so I'm picking the Bears plus six. Six is a lot of points. It's a, it seems like a lifetime for the Vikings of amount of points. It's great. It's going to be a one-score game, and we always struggle going to Soldier Field regardless of how good the Bears are. It doesn't matter. The games are always close. They're always low-scoring, and it doesn't matter how good or bad each team is. It really doesn't, and that this is a big NFC North game. Uh, so I'm going with the Bears plus six, and I love the under of 44.5. I don't see this being any type of shootout in a cold, breezy night in Chicago where our defense is pretty much terrible. I don't see this being anywhere near 44 and a half. Probably going to be closer to 20. Uh, maybe it's a 10-7 win, uh, and that and that's being generous. All right, guys, that's all the games that obviously besides the COVID games uh, that are probably going to get rescheduled. Um, So no bets. Again, just a reminder, no bets. uh, The Washington football team and the Eagles, uh, no bets, Rams and Seattle and no bets for the Raiders and the Browns uh, not comfortable with it. Let's talk about last night, though. Uh, Good game. Uh, on Thursday night football between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 410 yards passing. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill both performed very well for people in fantasy football leagues, which is why I'm bringing this up in general. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 10 for 190 and two TDs. I think Tyreek Hill had 12 for 134 and a touchdown, uh, which is going to help a lot of people in fantasy leagues. But listen, Mahomes fumbled, lost a fumble. Uh, he threw an interception in this game again. Uh, he did have three touchdown passes, only one pick and 410 yards, so take that with what it is. Chiefs could not run the football, no surprise there. Uh, but Justin Herbert looked good in this game, and the the, the Chargers were able to run. Uh, obviously, I said that they were going to be able to. I knew it. I took the over um, in – my word of mouth to people, I took the the Chargers plus the points and the over uh, because I thought it was going to be a close game and I thought it was going to be a shootout and that's basically what happened. Uh, just unfortunately, an OT, Chiefs throw a touchdown pass so they win by six, even though it was a tied game heartbreaker for people who took the Chargers plus the points. Uh, But Justin Herbert looked pretty decent in this game. I own Keenan Allen in my first week of my fantasy playoffs. Uh, He got me almost 20 points, so uh, not too bad there. But everybody made out for all the Chiefs players minus their running game. Uh, Mahomes had a good game. Kelsey... Tyreek Hill uh, they all performed very well and it's a big win for the Chiefs if they lost that game they would have been second in the division after the great run that they've been on since they were putting up stinkers at the beginning of the season Uh, so great great win by the the Kansas City Chiefs for Andy Reid they're still in there very valid uh, very in it for the number one seed Uh, so they just need to continue to roll they have a few hard games coming home Uh, But if they continue to play that way, uh, the defense did give up a decent amount, but that's because of the Chris Jones injury, I believe, mostly. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Chiefs moving forward. Love them to win the number one seed if you can get a good bet, some good odds on DraftKings or wherever betting platform you use. Um, but great, ge- great game to watch uh, and great game uh, for the Chiefs. And-, and honestly, the Chargers can take a lot away from it. Uh, they scored decent amount of points on that defense. That's basically been giving up nine a game uh, for what feels like two months now. Um, but anyways, so after all of that, we get to the EK parlay. Still have not won one. Very upsetting, and there's no way I was even thinking about putting any COVID games in the parlay. So here is the EK parlay, six-leg parlay, either spreads or over-unders, 47-1 to odds. $5 wins you over $220 plus your money back. So here we go, the EK parlay for week 15. The Falcons, plus nine, the games are typically close. I think Matt Ryan has a decent game offensively, and I think the 49ers have looked a little better than they are the last few weeks. Basically carried by Debo and George Kittle. If either of those players have a stinker with all of the issues they're going through on the, the at the running back position in terms of injuries, uh, they're not going to be able to have explosive plays with just Brandon Ayuk uh, and the other receivers in that wide receiving core. So I love the Falcons, plus nine next leg the second leg of the parlay the New Orleans Tampa Bay over of 45 and a half I love this over here Tom Brady has the potential to put up a lot of points every week and this these games have gone over the last few times especially between these two uh, in their divisional matchup so I believe it was 36 to 29 last time they played. Uh, The defenses for both, one just looks soft, a.k.a. the New Orleans Saints the last few weeks, and the other has a terrible secondary, a.k.a. the Bucs, for the whole season. Uh, So I think Taysom Hill's elusive. He's going to get away from that pass rush, and there's going to be some solid fantasy points to be caught out there if you own any Saints players as a bit of a sleeper and or a flex play for this week. So I love the over in the Saints Tampa Bay game of 45 and a half third leg of the parlay the tennessee pittsburgh over of 43 and a half i think tennessee the tennessee playmakers figure it out and we've seen the regression from the defense that is the pittsburgh steelers uh giving up as much as they did to the vikings who have been struggling Uh, so i don't really know what to expect from big ben i think he's fighting to go out on a good note which means he's going to try and put up some points and on this This Tennessee defense that hasn't played a lot of good opponents lately, I think it's going to be a struggle, which is why I love the over of 43-and-a-half. Fourth leg of the parlay, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans over of 39-and-a-half. I love every over that's under 39, especially against two teams with no defenses. Both of their defenses are horrible. I know their offenses aren't very good either, but against a bad defense, you can score points, and you can score them a lot. Uh, and each team just has to score 20. Uh, and, I think the, and I picked the Jags to win it, so it may even just be a blowout with some garbage time in it, which is why I love the over in the Jacksonville game of 39-and-a-half. The fifth leg of the parlay, the Indianapolis Colts, New England Patriots under of 45-and-a-half. Listen, these defenses are great, uh, and the offenses are not very good when they can't run the football. You know what the defenses are both good at? Stopping and guarding the run, uh, which means we're going to see Carson Wentz take on Mac Jones in a throw-off, in which case both of them throwing down the field often have balls up in the air that tend to get picked off, which is why I see this score going way under. Uh, this is going to be your typical, um, I don't know, 17-13 to 13 game, something like that. That's what I'm thinking, and that's way under 45 and a half, which is why I needed to put it in the parlay as the fifth leg. The sixth and final leg uh, will be the Dolphins minus nine and a half. Now, this is hard, and I hate putting big spreads that are minus in the parlay, but the Jets are awful. They are absolutely awful. And, and, And like I talked about earlier with their locker room being split, uh, Michael Carter Jr. still not back in this football game. Who has given them a lot of pro- productivity on the ground? Uh, Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson aren't going to be able to get it done. Uh, Zach Wilson looks inconsistent. They've been dinged up at the wide receiver position. Corey Davis out for the rest of the year. I just don't see it set up for the Jets to have much of any success the rest of the season. Uh, and the Dolphins are on a run, and their defense plays well, which is a basically a little Christmas gift or I guess maybe a Christmas gift from Krampus uh, to the New York Jets, but they do not want to play the Miami Dolphins defense, which is why I love the Dolphins winning by double digits, and I have to take them at minus 9.5 for the sixth and final leg of the EK parlay. Sponsored by Mr. Emmanuel Cadane, who says he can beat me in Super Smash Brothers, but I don't believe him. I don't believe him. Uh, so that is the end of the par- uh the end of the parlay. Listen, I could go on forever with parlays. Don't tempt me with a good time. That's the end of the podcast, the preview podcast. I will be back Tuesday after the Monday night football game or games, depending on if these games get rescheduled for those days. Uh, I will be back on Tuesday uh, to give you guys uh, the recap of all of the games from this week's slate. Thank you so much for listening. Please add me on Twitter at All In Man Cave Pod. Uh, follow me on Twitter as well. Add me on Twitter either or it doesn't matter. Um, Facebook Cole C-O-L-E-H-A-Y, D C O L E H A Y Diaz and Dog T as and Tom. Send me a message. Any feedback for the podcast is very encouraged. Uh, I would appreciate it. Anything I do terribly, anything I do well, uh, everything works because uh, I'm trying to grow the podcast as much as I possibly can. Uh, The podcast is available, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and other platforms that podcasts are found. Uh, And I'll see you guys after a great weekend. Get all your Christmas stuff done, uh, all your your, uh, gifts that you haven't bought yet. Go out, get them, get it done and over with so you can enjoy it and not freak out and get anxious or stressed out that you didn't get somebody something. Uh, so just just try and relax, try and enjoy the holiday season. We all need some more joy uh, in this corrupt, weird world that we live in, whether it be about COVID, politics, or what have you. Uh, relax, enjoy yourselves, and I will catch you guys on Tuesday. So until then, go Vikes. Hope all your teams win. And as I always say, later.